Hey, good morning, everyone. So glad to see you all here uh, joining us in person, whether it's in the worship center, for those of you out in the tent or joining us online. I'm so thankful that you are here. And if I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, uh, like Davey said, my name is Todd. I am the youth director here. I have the honor, I have the privilege, and the absolute joy to serve with our youth ministries and particularly our high school ministry. And, you know, we had some good news. This morning we heard that the Torrance Little League uh, team won, so they're continuing and advancing in the Little League World Series. That's our very own uh, Gibson Turner, who's like the star pitcher. His dad, Ollie, they both come and attend SPCC, so we were super stoked to hear that. But, again, I am just so humbled and so thankful uh, to have this opportunity to share with you all and to share God's word with you. And kind of like what Pastor Dave said, for me, Man, I was first invited out to this church in middle school. So by a close family friend, I was invited out. And after that, I went through our youth ministry. So Evolution, our middle school ministry. I went through Legacy, our high school ministry, all even through freshman year where I was eventually baptized. I think we have a photo of that. And man, it looks looks worse when it's bigger. (laughs) I was baptized um, freshman year of high school. And this makes me excited because, yeah, we have baptisms next week extra excited for that, but um, it's also pretty cringe of how embarrassing this photo is, and you know, that's actually my wife Nicole and I, Uh, but fun fact, we weren't dating back then, I don't know if you can tell, but ever since then, we've been together, and oh, yeah, that was the the old Todd, right, so that was the old Todd that some of you here have known for a while, the old Todd that was 5'2", both this way and that way, (laughs) Pastor Dave said I was as round as a basketball, it was super true. Uh, the old Todd was the kid that kicked a hole in the wall of a church that we were borrowing for VBS. I know teacher Lillian remembers that uh, all too well. Whereas this is the new Todd or newer Todd that a lot of you now know. A little bit more mature, more responsible. Um, same weight, but God just stretched me. And, you know, I'm just super glad. I'm thankful that God has changed me, that he's transformed me, and that he continues to mold me and grow me, and that there is a difference between the old Todd versus the new Todd. And that's why the title of my message today is Out with the Old and In with the New. Because as we continue in the book of Colossians, in chapter 3, Paul, he's highlighting this transition. He's highlighting this transformation that we go through as believers as we put off our old self and as we enter into this new life with Christ. And Paul, we learned in the past couple weeks, the first two chapters, he addresses the supremacy of Christ. How in Jesus, we have salvation in him and him alone. How Jesus is greater. He talked about how as believers, we don't need to practice things like mysticism, like asceticism, which is beating or punishing your body for the goal of extreme self-denial of the flesh. No, but as we believe in Jesus, for the forgiveness of our sins, we have been buried with Christ and we have been raised to a new life with him because of his resurrection power. And that leads us to chapter 3 where the author Paul, he focuses on practical Christian living. And so I invite you all to open up your Bibles to Colossians 3, verses 1 to 2. And if not, no worries, we'll have it up here on the screen for you. Or you can follow it on our app. But let's take a look. Colossians 3, 1 to 2 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And so the author Paul, he starts by acknowledging that as we've been raised with Christ as believers, 
Right, those who have put our faith in Jesus, we are now a part of a new creation. Right, we now have this new life. And Paul, he looks into the implications of living this Christian life and what putting off our old self looks like. And so verse one, again, it says, seek the things that are above. And the Greek verb for seek, which is zeteo, means to search for. It means to look for. It means to desire. And, you know, I like the way that it's translated in the NIV version. This is what it says. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts, read it again, set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And the word seek, this verb is in the present imperative, meaning that it's a continual seeking. So we continually seek what is of true importance. It's not something that we just do once and then we forget about it. No, but we continually seek the things above, seeking things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And verse 2, it continues in the stop by telling us to set our minds on things that are above, not on things of this earth. It's a shift in our way of thinking. It's a shift in our motivations and a shift in our priorities. And so as you are taking notes for your first point, you can write this down. Put off the old self by living in light of eternity. This is one of the first things that we can do. As we put off the old self, we do that by living in light of eternity. And, you know, when I read this verse at first, it makes me think about my life before I was married. And many of you know, um, before I was married, I love to play basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. And so when I would get asked by my friends to go play, um, I would respond very quickly to that text and tell them, yes, of course, just tell me when and where and I'll be there. I'm down. Um, or when my buddies would have a 6.30 a.m. tea time on a Saturday, I'd be like, yeah, of course, I'm there. All right, don't you have to check your schedule? No, I'm free. I'm good. All good to go. But now that I've been married for almost two years, uh, when my friends ask me to play basketball, I'm very quick to say, yes, of course, like I'm down, down to ask my wife if I can, I can go play. Uh, I don't know, I might have a dinner. Or if it's a 6.30 a.m. tea time, um, all it takes is one look for my wife to be like, yeah, maybe next time, maybe next time I can go play. And of course, Nicole, uh, she's so amazing and I, I definitely am able to go play more often than not. But, you know, the reason why I share that is now that I'm married, my priorities have changed. Right, now that I'm married, now that I have this relationship, I constantly consider my wife. It affects my choices. It influences the way I live. It's less of this self-centered perspective. And in that same way, as we put off the old self, as we are raised into our new life with Christ, we have to constantly consider Jesus. We have to have an eternal perspective, prioritizing heavenly things above earthly things. Because our time on earth is temporary as opposed to eternity that we spend with God. And that's true for us here and that's true for everyone around the world. And you know, I know the uh, past couple weeks, many of you uh, may have heard about the terrible things that are happening uh, in the country of Afghanistan. You know, the Taliban is extremist group is taking rule. And so we're witnessing the decimation of a country, go, going door to door, forcibly taking women, taking children. The people there are told to mark their house with an X if they have a girl over 12 years old. 
so the Taliban can take them. Doing evil things, executing families that try to hide their children from them. You know, along with this hit list that the Taliban is carrying out against known Christians, hunting and killing them. And there's no longer a safe place for believers to find refuge in that country. And, you know, a heavy, heartbreaking video of an Afghan Christian was brought to our attention as a church. This video was from FAI, which is the Frontier Alliance International. And uh, we wanted to share it with you today because we believe that it brings awareness to what's happening there in that country. And uh, you'll notice that he's blurred out along with his voice being altered. And uh, that's for his confidentiality. That's for his protection. And, you know, this video truly exemplifies what it means to live with an eternal perspective, to live in light of eternity despite our situations in this world. So please take a look up on the screen. اولین روزی سیاد از دیرید حکومت طالبان را شروع کرد بلن بفاند که آینده یه زیم امریکت آینده رو زیم I'm 
الله نبینه هستیم با قوت بیشتر مبارزه میکنیم در کار خداوند ادامه میدیم اما یه را بیدانید اگر نمیخوزیم که نباید دور هم بود دیگه مادر بین شما نبودیم یک حرفای از قلب ما از قلب نامیده ما برای شما باقی بیمارم که چقدر در این روز برای ما سخت دارم میشه اگر کسی از ما باقی ما اگر فرزدوی ما اولوبه ما باقی ما خواهی شما از ما شدارم از شما ایست که تنهای شد نگذاریم اوالش را بگیده نگذارید تنها بمونید ببخشیم که احساساتی شده بخواهد مدرد دارم خیر بانوان یک یادگار برای تمام شما دوستان میفرستم امیدوار هستم که جور به صحت من باشه در پناه خداوند در پناه پدر آسمانی باشه And church, my, my heart breaks for those that are being persecuted, believers and unbelievers, for their families, for their safety, for their faith. You know, the Afghan man said in the video, we are not leaving the field. We will fight harder and continue in God's work. Man, what a radical response. Right, despite all their circumstances, their faith in Jesus is so strong. In Jesus who is supreme, who is greater. Who gives them hope for this future, eternal glory that they will receive. And, you know, after watching that video right now, um, I'd like to take a moment to pause. And, and let's pray. And, and let's lift up this country in Afghanistan. Will you pray with me, church? Dear Heavenly Father, God, our hearts are heavy. Lord, just hearing about what's happening in Afghanistan. God, the Taliban taking women, taking children. God, hunting and killing those because of their faith. So Lord, we just pray that your hand would be over those that are fleeing. God, we pray for the salvation, for the deliverance and protection, God, of those that have been forcibly taken from their own homes. Lord, give them strength. God, give them endurance, strength and endurance for the Afghan church. Lord, we pray that you would bring hope to the hopeless in only the way that you can. God, and I pray for us here as the body of Christ to be in continued prayer for those in Afghanistan. And Lord, help us as we continue to dive deeper in your word through our study. We lift all these things up in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. And so again, Paul, in the book of Colossians, in these verses, he's highlighting what putting off our old self and putting on this new life in Christ looks like seeking things above, having an eternal perspective as believers. 
right? Knowing that the Christians in Colossae, they were used to their former pagan lives, how they used to live. And we see in Mark 10, the Bible tells us about a rich young ruler, a rich young man, someone who had wealth, someone that had possessions, and yet he runs up to Jesus and he asks them this question. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied by telling him to keep the commandments, emphasizing the law as God's perfect standard. And, and the rich young man, he answers back saying, I've kept all these commandments since I was young, considering himself faultless. But then I want us to check out Jesus' response in Mark 10, 21 to 22. It says, And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. And then take a look at verse 22. This is for the rich young ruler. It says, Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And so it says that the young man was disheartened. Why is that? Well, it's because his heart treasured the wealth, the possessions, the things of this earth over the eternal treasures that he could receive in Christ. His earthly wealth was blocking his view of eternity. And I think that's something that we need to ask ourselves. We need to ask ourselves the questions. Do we treasure the things of this earth more than the things above? Do we have a worldly perspective focused on what's temporary? Or do we have a kingdom perspective focused on what's eternal? And you know, the way we start to live seeking things above all starts from the inside. I notice how in these verses, Paul, he says, set your hearts he says, set your minds all internal to the things above. Our God, he doesn't work from the outside in, but he works through the inside out. And we start to reorient and when we start to fix our minds on things above, on what truly matters, that impacts the way we think, that gives us new desires and leads us to seeking and living for eternal purposes. Uh, that's when we see change taking place, this new focus on things that last. And you know, for me, now that I'm in my late 20s, um, I have a lot of friends that have been looking for a new home. They've been browsing the housing market and I know that, man, it is a blessing to just have any type of home that God provides. And also a blessing to be able to search for one. And so it made me think about when me and my wife, when we were looking for a new home, it was honestly, one of the most stressful things to make this huge decision of where we were going to live after we got married. Right? It was something that took away our attention. It took a lot of concern. It took away our energy, a lot of our time. And I see some of my friends going through the same things. But, you know, one thing we were always challenged with throughout that process was setting our minds on things above. Considering Jesus as we moved forward, seeking eternal treasures over the earthly. You know, I remember all the time spent at open houses. I remember getting advice from certain friends saying, you should send a letter to the seller. I let them know that we're a young couple, work at the church, <laughs> a little personal touch. Um, but of course, I look back, I don't think that really helped at all. But trying to make sure 
we didn't get outbid, right? Being so fixated on making this offer instead of viewing this in light of a kingdom perspective. Not just seeking to make the best offer, but seeking to use this opportunity as an offering to God. Right? Using this potential home to bless others, to provide a place to help others, to help our friends, a place for fellowship, of gathering, setting our minds on things above, considering Jesus in all of the choices that we make. Knowing that regardless of any money that house can buy, or any money that that house can become, it's ultimately for your temporary home. Because as believers, our citizenship, our home is in heaven. And Paul he brings that to the attention of the believers at Colossae in verses 3 to 4. He gives them some reasonings behind that. Let's take a look. So Colossians 3, 3 to 4, it says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so Paul, he's addressing this present security that we have because we are in Christ. Right? Because we are in Christ we are inseparable. We have been eternally secure. And then check out what Paul is saying. He says, when Christ, who is your life, appears. Christ, who is your life, appears. Paul makes it crystal clear. Right? Because it's so easy to get caught up in this world and what this world has to offer. But you know, the truth is, your job is not your life. Sports is not your life. Your possessions are not your life. Your accomplishments are not your life. Even your family is not your life. But Jesus gives us life and is our life. And when it comes to all that we have here on earth, we can do one of two things. We can either hold them with clenched fists, not wanting to let go, being tied to the material and immaterial things of this earth, like the rich young ruler. Or we can hold them with open hands, with an eternal perspective, right? Seeing everything we have through a kingdom lens, like those continuing to share the gospel all around the world, like in countries like Afghanistan, regardless of their situations, living in light of eternity. Again, we put off the old self by living in light of eternity. You know, so now as we live in light of eternity, putting off our old self, life before knowing Christ, that leads to this response. And so for your second takeaway, uh, you guys can jot this down. Put off the old self by cutting off old sin. We put off the old self by cutting off old sin. You know, we see this in Colossians 3, verse 5. It says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And so in the first part of this list, Paul, he's addressing the sexual sins that we are to put to death, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, which translates to things like premarital sex, sex outside of marriage, pornography, watching things you know you shouldn't be watching, lusting 
after others. And Paul, his call was radical to the pagan culture in its day, knowing that this was a part of the Colossians' former way of living. And unfortunately, this array of sins is prominent in our society today. Uh, We see it in TV. We see it in social media. We see it sometimes in movies. And the battle with these sins is common to unbelievers and believers, adults and teenagers, the youth, those that are married, those that are single. And I know how hard the struggle with this type of sin is. You know, to be honest, uh, at the end of high school and in college for me, I used to struggle with these lustful temptations, watching things I know I shouldn't have been watching. And, you know, this isn't the easiest thing for me to share, especially last night when my parents and my family, my grandma, (laughs) were here in the audience. But, you know, I share this because I know that some of you here may be struggling with that right now. This may be an immediate struggle. And during that time, man, God, he really put my faith to the test. He gave me this conviction of this old sin, this secret sin, something that was so easy to hide from other people, something that I knew scripture said to put to death. And that doesn't mean just to lay it aside. That doesn't mean just to put it over here. No, but the Greek verb nekro means to cut off. It means to mortify, to kill, to literally put this sin to death. And practically what that looked like for me was seeking out accountability from close friends, accountability from my now wife. And God convicted me, he convicted me to go into my phone settings to set up a browser lock and content restrictions on my phone that only my wife knows the code to. Deleting certain social media because of all the clickbait that there is out there all these temptations, having a filter on my safari to help me continually seek things that are above. Seek the everlasting joy in God over these momentary pleasures that this world has to offer. Cutting off my ability to sin. Completely cutting it off. Putting to death this old sin. And this was me dying to myself, dying to my old former way of living and now considering Jesus in all of my actions. And you know, I know that this is a tough struggle to deal with. I know that this is a hard sin to put to death. One that may be coming back and keeps coming back, especially when it has a strong grip on your life. And that's why Paul, he says here in Colossians to get rid of it. To get rid of the evils of sexual sins. And he doesn't stop there. In verse five, he continues on to talk about Putting to death covetousness, right? Greed, which is idolatry. Paul uses this word not only to talk about this desire to possess more than one has, but also this desire to possess something that someone else has. Comparison. It's a common struggle that we hear in the youth all the time, but I know that affects all of us. Something that we all may struggle with, idolizing what others have and what you don't have. Looking at the influence, the followers that someone has that you don't. And let's be real, maybe for you, it's you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Or, you know, if you're too young, you don't understand that. Maybe it's you trying to keep up with the Kardashians, right? All all these different things. This ongoing struggle of discontentment of what you don't have. Maybe it's you comparing your body to the body of someone else. Or the way that you dress with how someone else dresses. 
Maybe for you, it's being careful not to compare your kids to someone else's kids or compare what your friends have that you don't have, that you want. And Paul, he warns us about these sins because it places a selfish desire over our obedience to God. And in verses 6 to 7, Paul, he gives two reasons for putting off these sins. Let's take a look at Colossians 3, 6 to 7. It says, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two, you once walked when you were living in them. And so it's saying, on account of these things, sin, evil, it provokes the wrath of God. Because God is just. Because God, he's holy. Because God detests sin. So reason number one, sin brings God's judgment. And reason number two, sin is part of a believer's past, former way of living. All right, Paul makes this point, since we as believers have been buried, we've been resurrected and now ascended with Christ. Now we no longer walk in our former way of living. And that includes the second list. So Paul shares a second list in verses 8 to 9. It says, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. And what comes out of our mouth is usually rooted deep from our hearts. And it's this anger and this is wrath that is boiling right below the surface, ready to erupt. And some of you, if you're like me, this may come out when you're driving. Like, I don't know if this speaks to you guys, but when you're driving, especially when someone cuts you off, and not only do they cut you off, man, they don't use their blinker. And not only do they not use their blinker, they start to slow down. And so you, you're rolling down your window. You're ready to let them have it right until they turn into the same church parking lot. <laughs> right? And maybe for you, it's not that you're, you're angry anymore, but you, you get out of your car you start walking to church, you look, you turn to your spouse, you turn to your family member, you turn to your friend, and you start talking about, man, how bad of a driver that person is, how you're glad they're here at church. Man, they, they need Jesus. All right, Jesus, take the wheel, like literally. They don't know how to drive. Jesus, take the wheel. But Paul, he talks about malice and slander too. He talks about hurtful speech towards others, bringing others down, gossiping. Talks about obscene talk, foul, abusive speech, lying to one another. And man, we've seen throughout the whole Bible how hurtful lies can be. And get this, lying is even a characteristic used to describe Satan. It's a great sin against God. It's a great sin against the church and against loving others. And that's why Paul, he makes an effort to say, put them all away. Put off the old self. Just like how we are to take off our our dirty clothes, these dirty clothes at the end of the day. You know, Paul, he's encouraging the believers in Colossae to discard, to get rid of the filthy rags of their old life, their former way of living. And so again, we put off the old self by cutting off old sin. And in order to cut off old sin, what also helps us to put off the old self, this is your last takeaway truth, you can write this down, we put off the old self by being renewed. We put off the old self by being renewed. And you know, uh, back when I was younger, uh, my bachan, so bachan means grandmother in Japanese. And so my bachan, she would always pick me up from school and she would watch me. And you know, even though I am 100% Japanese, 
I know like 1% of Japanese. So again, I know bachan, which, which I just said was grandmother. I know my Japanese food, like teriyaki, takoyaki, all the yakis you can think of. And I specifically know the word abunai. And some of you might know that. I know the word abunai, and I'll explain what that means in just a sec. But when my bachan, she would babysit me, I always remember her calling me abunai, abunai, abunai. And back then, I honestly used to think, oh, like, dude, me, me and my bachan, we're tight. Like, we're so close. She has a nickname for me. Like, I'm her little abunai guy, <laughs> you know. And uh, eventually, though, I learned that abunai meant uh, danger in Japanese. <laughs> And so I would hear this every time I went over to her house because when I would try to do things like touch the stove, she'd be like, Abunai, stop it. Or when I would run around and almost hit my head on the corner of every table, she'd be like, Abunai, stop it. Or when I would jump off the couch, because it was super fun, or jump off the bed, she'd be like, Abunai, stop it. And I share that with you all because we can just read verses 5 to 8 and think Paul is only telling us Abunai. Stop it. Danger. Stop it. Just don't do that anymore. Try harder. Do better. It's all on you. We think he's saying just stop lying. Just stop thinking lustful thoughts. Stop acting out in anger. Stop cussing. Just stop it. But that's not the fullness of what Scripture is saying here. It's not about stopping a behavior. Anyone can try to do that. But as we put our faith in Christ, we are changed from the inside out. We die to our old self and we live these new lives in him. Through Christ, we can truly put to death old sins. Putting off our old self isn't just based off what we can do, but it's based off all that Christ has done. And we know that God, he loves us so much that he sent his one and his only son, Jesus, to to die on the cross for our sins. Not his, he was perfect. Because we are all sinners, because we've all done things that are displeasing, that are disobedient to God, and because the penalty of sin is death, separation from God, life apart from him, Jesus did what only he could do. And the good news is, if we choose to put our faith in him, believe in Jesus because of God's grace we can be forgiven and we can be saved from our sins and spend eternity with him and you know as we enter into this relationship with God we are filled with his spirit and Paul in verses 9 to 10 he shares that as believers put off the old self and as they put on the new self It's not this instant spiritual maturity, right? It's not like this microwave faith that you heat up for a little bit and then you come out perfect, right? Not having to deal with sin anymore. No, because in this life, there is an ongoing battle against the flesh. There is an ongoing battle against our former way of living, our old self. And so listen to this. Paul, he gives us the answer in Colossians 3, 9 to 10. Paul says this, Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, listen to this, which is being renewed. You guys can underline that if you want. Which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And so Paul, he's telling us the way and the process of of how you and I 
who have been given this new self, who have been given this new life in Christ, how we put off the old and put on the new, be transformed by Christ is through this process called renewal. It's through the process of renewal. It's because of the resurrection power of Jesus that we can be renewed. That causes our hearts and our minds to now desire the things that God desires. Right? It leads our hearts to choose Jesus over these old sins. Not just stopping a behavior, but choosing Jesus over our old self. Right, take a look at what Romans 12.2 says. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We are transformed by the renewal of our minds. Right, not being conformed to the world, but growing in our knowledge of God. And how do we grow in our knowledge of God? Well, the source of knowledge is the Bible. It's God's word. Time spent in scripture, time spent with God. And the word of God is food that fuels our growth as believers. And you know, this knowledge of God progressively leads us to being conformed into the image of our creator. Living a life like Jesus through constant renewal. And you know, as we are being renewed day by day, by day, what happens also is it changes our human relationships. Look at how Paul ends this section in Colossians 3.11. It says, here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. So Paul, he's saying that neither Greek nor Jew, so regardless of racial barriers, regardless of religious barriers, circumcised or uncircumcised, Despite cultural barriers, barbarians, Scythians, or even social barriers, slaves, free, Christ is all and in all. There is no room for man-made barriers in the body of Christ. Now, why is this important? Well, this is important because as we're being renewed, that impacts the way we see, it impacts the way we treat, and it impacts the way we love others in the same way that God sees, treats, and loves us. Again, we put off the old self by being renewed. And you know, when I think about something old that has been renewed constantly in my life, I can't help but think about my 1992 Nissan Maxima. It's my very first car. Uh, I gave it the nickname of Maroon 5 because it was Maroon and it's seated five. But this old car, this is a car that got me through high school. It got me through college. And man, I drove this car for a good amount of years until it started to break down. And the thing is, whenever I had problems with my car, I, before even calling AAA, I would always call my dad. And without fail, he would always help me fix my tires. He would help me change the oil. He would help me send my car to the shop. And my Maxima would always come back renewed. Right? And it wasn't always a quick fix, but I knew I could always call upon my father for help. Right? Because there is usually nothing I can do. I know nothing about cars, but I know I can always call upon my father. And you know, when we follow Jesus, when we put off the old self, we live in light of eternity. And when we live in light of eternity, that moves us to put to death, right? To cut off 
old sins. And in order to put to death these old sins, we can call out to our Father. We can call out to our Father in heaven, His Spirit, to constantly renew us. To the renewal of our minds as we grow in knowledge, as we grow to know Him more and more. And that sanctifies us. That transforms us. And that changes us. Out with the old and in with the new. Let's close this time in a word of prayer. As you bow your heads and you close your eyes, take this time to consider Jesus. And when we put our faith in Jesus, we put off our old self and we put on our new lives in Christ. That means putting to death old sins, things that have a stronghold on our lives, right, by being renewed in him. And for some of you today, and maybe this was the first time hearing about God's amazing love, the first time hearing about what Christ has done for you on the cross, and now you want to start a relationship with him, following Jesus, living in light of eternity. Or, or maybe for you, it's that you want to recommit, that you want to reconsider Jesus. And if that's you today, uh, will you pray this prayer with me? Will you pray? Father God, thank you for your love. God, thank you for your grace. Even though I'm a sinner, you know what I've done. You know my former way of living and yet you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. And because of his blood, I am saved. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe in you. I want to start this new life in you from this day forward. God, help me to be renewed. God, help me to cut off old sin, to live with an eternal perspective. And Lord, I know this isn't something that I do alone, but with you. And because of your resurrection power that I can now be raised into new life in Christ. Thank you for loving me. I commit my life to you now. And it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.